It's time for another episode of Leadership of the Leaf, now in their third season. More leadership topics to discuss and more cigar knowledge to share with great pairings. Grab a cigar, give it a cut and light, and put some smoke in the air with your host, Dice and Austin. And welcome back to another episode of Leadership of the Leaf. My name is Austin. And I'm Dice. And Dice, what are you smoking on tonight? Of course you're going to ask me that, right? Yeah, why? Why wouldn't I, right? It's only only Leadership of the Leaf. (laughs) We've been doing this for a couple seasons. Um... Because it's a it's a name that I'm I'm going to pronounce incorrectly. It's about crown heads. Oh, I can't wait. Crown this. heads, La Imperiosa. 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 It's not Leviosa. <laughs> it's Leviosa. La Imperiosa. There. Well, Imperiosa. I'm gonna, Imperiosa. I'm, I'm gonna give it to you because you suck at hey, hey, hey. pronouncing names. All right. La Imperiosa. There you go. All right, what is there anything special about the Hennessy that you're you're pairing this with tonight? Are you trying to be funny? Are you talking shit about me drinking Hennessy? Is it very Let's, special old pale? I'm going to explain something to you, sir. Very special old pale. I don't just drink Hennessy all the time. Okay? All right, let's get that through your head. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I would like all of our listeners to go back to the season 2 finale where we we broke down how many times <laughs> Dice drank Hennessy and how many times Dice drank other things. And under the other things, there's a, a number it's two. Two okay. other times he drank something other than Hennessy. Well, Point I, that I, will, I will be happy to let everyone know, including you and our listeners, I am drinking a hot toddy made with Jack Daniels. Woo-hoo-hoo! A hot toddy. We getting we getting spicy up in here. Yeah, a hot toddy is a little little chilly, a little chilly. So a uh, hot toddy, you know, warm up the bones. Well, it's like fucking I got some dead of winter. It's w- dead of winter right now. Like, yeah, what the fuck do you on. expect? All right. For those that um, don't believe, I, I I will be posting the picture. The picture is on Instagram. It's there with all the accoutrements to make a hot toddy. Well, I'm just color me. Um, that's one of Dice's two for the year, I guess, people. I don't know. I oh, I guess so. So now you're drinking Hennessy and what? Oh, I, sir, I don't drink Hennessy. That, that, I I believe the kids nowadays, I believe the kids nowadays would be like, that's cap. The fuck did you just say? You're, you're, you're over here capping. <laughs> did you have a stroke? <laughs> I, I have seen and witnessed you drank Hennessy. Okay. You know what? Fair. Fair. At your house, motherfucker. When you were <laughs> pouring the drinks. That's because that's the only thing that was the drink in the yep. house. No, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get the context correct there, buddy. <laughs> I will drink All Hennessy. Because right. cause Austin does not discriminate. <laughs> if he gets free alcohol, he doesn't really discriminate. What kind of alcohol it is, it's free. Yeah. I will make something with I- it. Uh, what are you smoking, my good sir? I am smoking a Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder. Ah, hmm. is, there, is there any special special reason? Oh, you know, some guy just handed it to me, and I felt 
Like I should smoke. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So I felt. Well, before before I get into the reason, before I get into the reason, let okay, me, let me share what I'm pairing it with. Okay. And then and then we'll get into the reason because it has to do with the show. So I don't want to get too far ahead. No. Right. That fair? That's very fair. All right. I'm pairing this <laughs> lovely cigar that has actually been aged for a while. Um, okay. I'm I'm pairing it with a nice red breast, a red breast twelve oh. year. Oh, all right. Yeah. You know what? I'm not mad at that. That's, uh, a, that's yeah. a great drink. Yeah, it's a good pairing so far. Uh, so the reason I dug this out of the humidor um, is I decided that it might be time to revisit episode one. The episode one. The episode. The thing that started it all. <laughs> uh, five do's and five don'ts yeah cigar person should or should not do and on that first episode guess what cigar is smoking man I mean you're building this up so it has to be it ha- it's got to be Jacob's Ladder it, it is it was a <laughs> Jacob's Ladder oh man hey, poetic so poetic justice has been rendered it came full circle Everyone could be happy now. But that's nice. Uh, wish I thought of that. Nope. Nope. That's all you, sir. Well, you. not bad. bad. Somebody here is artistic and, you know, likes poetry and, and things. <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> that's not drinking Hennessy, so I'm not I'm not myself today. That's <laughs> what it was. That's exactly what it is. I'm not myself today. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's get into uh, let's get into the five do's and five don'ts that a cigar person should do. If you guys are longtime listeners, or if you're just joining us, these are always good to revisit. Um, but first, before we really get into this, I, there's there's a little bit of of something we need to go over. Well, that's before we go. I, I don't. This show is off the rails, man. I forgot to mention about my cigar. You reminded me earlier my cigar was given to me by someone that we started talking up brother of the leaf and we just started chit-chatting and he was like dice i want you to try this cigar and i was like what and he was like yeah i got it i want you to try it i want you to tell me what you think i was like i'm gonna do you one further and i'm gonna smoke it on air i'll let everyone know what i think and uh shout out shout out to my boy q who hooked me up with his cigar and q the shout out is for you, and I will let you know all about the cigar next time I see you, and let our listeners know right now. All right, hey, I'm about it. All right. Sure. Now we're back on the rails. Back to you. Are we back on the rails now? Back, back, back to you, sir. You know, some, some, some would say that we've gotten better at this whole podcasting thing, and others would disagree. <laughs> uh, I think I just uh, just made that into a reality, sir. I'm glad. I'm glad you're here, Dice. I'm glad you're with us today. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the thing, first thing you got to know about cigars is uh, these are premium handmade cigars, right? 300 hands touch these, whether it's the the cultivation of the tobacco, the you know the aging, the drying, the rolling, not to mention the sorting, everything that goes through and into making a cigar roughly 300 hands goes into that process so these are not just 
machine rolled swisher sweets that come that be pumped out <laughs> you know forever like you know they, they get pumped out because these people are great at what they do but uh they aren't pumped out by by a machine they're not cigarettes right so so when we talk about some of this stuff some of it has to do with respect for the cigar and respect for the craft and the people who put their work and their heart and their soul and sweat into these um you know into their passion into the into their job yeah, a lot of the the cigar uh, folks that make these cigars and they're the owners and all, the, a lot of them often refer to them as their baby. Uh, I, I believe we had uh, Wanda Hernandez. She said it's her baby. Yeah. Drunk Chicken Cigars. Uh, she said it was her baby. I mean, uh, so many people have, have like I watched this thing grow, and and I'm it's it's my baby. So three hundred hands. Mad respect to the people that makes these things. Um, another thing that we want to mention is uh, flavors. Flavors of cigars comes in, uh, we normally call them in thirds, the first, second, and final third. Uh, flavors are also subjective. Very, so very subjective. What often may get chocolate and figs, I may get caramel and raisins. I mean, it's subjective. So I don't want anyone to take any cigar flavoring profiles as gospel. Yeah, yeah. And we've proven this on air before. We've smoked the same cigar hand in hand at the same time on the same air. And I've said something and you go, really? I'm not getting that. I'm getting more floral note. It also has to do with your pairings. Correct. So, so be aware of that. Um, but when you're, you know, when you're, when you're smoking a cigar, if you don't like that first one, um, my, our, our advice to anybody when you're trying a new cigar is to always buy two of them. The reason is these are, like I said, they're handmade products. They can have issues. Now, nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of 100 in all reality, they're not going to ever have issues and as long as you take care of them the way you should. But there's there's potential for human error, right? So buy two of them. If you can get them from different boxes, get them from different boxes. Um, the reason is, is because once you, you know, if you smoke one, you might have an issue with it, a burn, burn lines off, draw was tight, draw was too loose, something like that. That shouldn't turn you off from that cigar. You should try your second cigar. If the same thing happens or the flavors you just aren't, aren't really there, maybe you just don't like that cigar. That's okay. You, all you did was smoke two cigars, had a great two meditation sessions and, you know, came off the side, other side, a little bit happier person. So, you know, just that's our, our suggestion for trying new cigars because you should try new cigars yeah 100 percent uh another thing the, the last thing we want to kind of mention or go over is uh cigar airflow as, as you mentioned sometimes you uh, they're handmade their human error could come into play you might want to you know have a cigar poker or something of some sort to kind of yep. like poke through the the uh end of the cigar to try to open up some of that airflow um Sometimes if your cigar is getting bitter, you can actually uh, blow through the chamber to try to clean out some of that stale air. But uh, cigar airflow is key to uh, enjoying a nice cigar. You want to uh, control your, your breathing and how often you actually puff on it to get that burn line just to have that even flow. Even. Yeah. And that's part of the meditation practice that uh, you know comes with smoking cigars. But uh, all right, let's, without further ado, I say let's jump into the first do. What do you think, Dice? All right. You want to start with the positive? Positive first? 
Yeah, like, oh, I'm in a positive mood, right? <laughs> sure. All right, so first thing you want to do is look over your cigars to inspect them for cracks, bug holes, or mold. Uh, mold in a cigar, brick and mortar should not have a cigar long enough for plume in all reality. I know I've mentioned on air before that I went to a brick and mortar. I was shopping around looking looking at different sticks, and uh, I noticed some that had some plume on them. And when I asked the people, I was like, hey, do you, do you seriously have cigars long enough to have plume in them or on them? And he was like, oh, we're proud of our plume here. And I was like, really? You're a, you're a cigar store. That means that product is not turning over, which means that that's either a bad product or you're a terrible salesperson. <laughs> Happy to report that brick and mortar is shut down and uh, it's no longer business. But yeah, it just doesn't make sense. A brick and mortar should not have a cigar long enough for plume. Now, if you have a cigar in your humidor and it develops plume on it because you've been aging it carefully and everything else, fine. Have at it. Great for you. You should not find one of those at a brick and mortar. Um, you got to look for cracks because, you know, there's there's a potential for some asshole to, like, have picked it up and been sitting there talking with somebody and, like, dropped a cigar and been like, oh, I don't want that. It could have cracked. And put it back and then grabbed a different one. So you want to make sure... Anytime you're going to pick up a, a cigar, you go just give it a quick look over. Make sure there's no green mold, white mold, no nothing. Make sure it's all not cracked, you know, and make sure you do that even in your humidor, like the mold that I had recently <laughs> where I had to throw out like eight cigars. Oh, that sucks. Sorry that, to hear uh, that. It was terrible. I, w- I was at a uh, store. It wasn't an actual brick and mortar. It was a store and they had some cigars and I was like, ah. That's pretty good price for that cigar. So I reached in to, you know, of course, pick one out and buy it. And of course, what did I do? Yes, sir. I you dropped, dropped it. it. You I absolutely did. Did you buy then, it? Then the cashier looked at me and was like, oh, now you have to buy it. I was like, I most certainly am going to buy it and I'm going to get another one too. And just in case that one was cracked. So hey. yes, I purchased a cigar I dropped. Hey, that's- 100% did the right thing. Good, good on you. I'm, I'm proud of you, Dice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What a so, nice so, guy. So brought in some negativity. Let's let's uh let's do a don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, for some people, they might not know. They could be new to the game. If you're at a cigar lounge, don't put your cigar out like a cigarette. You know how you just kind of like dab it down and mash the head in. Yeah. Uh, reason. There's a reason, and the reason is the smell will linger. It will burn and continue to burn and fill the air full of that nasty, just burning smoke. Yeah, it is. It can be very unpleasant to others, especially others that are close to it. And I mean, if the lounge staff is doing what they're supposed to do, they'll take care of it. Uh, the best advice I can give you is that once you're at an area that you want to stop smoking, like, all right, I'm done with this. Just sit it down. Yeah. Just let just, it go. Just let it go out on its own. Set, set it in the cigar and the ashtray and walk away the the lounge staff will come by they'll pick up the whole ashtray they'll dump it in their little bucket and they'll set the ashtray down and it'll be all good to go but if you dab it one all your stale ass smoke is up in that little head area where you've been putting your uh mouth on and it's sitting there and that's all stale smoke from your whole cigar so that's nasty smelling stuff <laughs> right one two you get this 
big old cloud of ash and black stuff that like just comes out of nowhere when you put a cigar out like that and it just makes it terrible oh it's nasty if you're at home and that's what you want to do by all means do it uh my advice if you do it in a cigar lounge I, depending on a cigar lounge you might not be asked to come back yeah I, I have not seen that before but I mean it wouldn't surprise me like a, a, especially like one of these like private ones or whatever yeah well social clubs ooh. well and even even if the the people the uh, proprietors of the establishment don't ask you to not come back uh, you may not feel as welcome as you once did by the <laughs> other patrons. Yeah, I can see some old heads talking shit. Yeah, like you walk in, you're like, oh, here's a guy who puts out like a cigarette. Watch this guy, everybody. Don't let him do your stuff. We'll just dab it out. <laughs> take his ashtray. Yeah, take his ashtray. <laughs> Somebody to teach you some manners. <laughs> Anyways. You want to do another don't? Or you want to do a do? Do, 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 do. Let's do a do 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 do. Uh, do better than me and properly humidify your cigars. Uh, you gotta you're, find the hum- you're getting there. You're getting there. Stop. For those that I'm gonna I'm gonna take this off the rails again. For those that don't <laughs> know, I'm having a humidification issue in my in my humidor. Uh, if you guys have any ideas, I'm all ears. Uh, please comment at Leadership of the Leaf. Let me know if there's something I need to do. But here's here's my issue, right? I have um, it's a two tier, basically it's like a wine door converted into a humidor. There's a plastic shelf in the middle with the seal, so it's it's relegated to a top humidor and a bottom humidor. They both have their own separate air flows, so I humidified them with 69% Bovita packs, right? In both. Here's my problem. The top humidor sitting at a nice premium, like 68%, which is great, right? We're about right where I want it. I'd, I'd take a little bit less, but it's okay. it's fine. The bottom humidor sitting at like 75%. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Mm. <laughs> now it's, it's cooled. So I have it set at the top humidor set at like uh 55 degrees in the bottom humidor i tried warming that one up to see if that would push some of the more humid air up to like mix and stuff and it has not worked the bottom humidor is sitting at like 60 degrees or 65 degrees conundrum sir conundrum anyways uh there is an old rule of thumb uh it's called the 70 70 rule where you want 70 percent humidity 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, we've, we've talked about this before. 70 is too high for a lot of cigars. You really want it somewhere between 65 and 70. Um, probably closer to the 65 mark in all reality. And the 70 degrees, um, that's, that's about as warm as you want it because if you let it get more humid and more warm, um, you can start allowing some potential latent cigar beetle larvae to hatch yeah especially if you buy like some of the boutique brands or whatever that don't go through the whole chilling process Mm. where they put all the cigars in this big ass freezer for a little bit of time to make sure all larvae is dead 
a lot of boutique cigar companies don't have all the the money and the manpower to do as such so uh boutique is probably more of the uh, prone to beetle larva yeah yeah um uh, they do put the cigars in the freezer, but not a fridge. You do not want to store your cigars in a fridge. Well, the humidity is way too low. Yeah, as I say, the problem is if you store them in your regular refrigerator, like your kitchen refrigerator, your humidity is way too low. So you're going to crack dry. Um, it's going to sound like Rice Krispies when you're picking that cigar. I'm trying to light it. It's going to snap, crackle, and pop. Um, it's mainly going to do that when you pull it out of the fridge. After you pull it out of the fridge and it's trying to uh, acclimate to the outside yeah. of the fridge temperature, and then of course now you're setting a fire to the end. Yeah, that's when you're going to start getting the cracking and the splitting. And yeah. What the fuck is wrong with this cigar? Uh, you are wrong with that cigar, sir. Right. Yeah. Well, I know I said I keep my cigars kind of chilled, but I have Bovita packs in there to keep the humidity higher. So while they might be chilled. There's a lot more humidity in there versus your refrigerator, like your just kitchen refrigerator. So our our go-to thing for humidity is Bovita packs. Um, they have two-way humidification. We've talked about them on air before. Uh, they're great. They're kind of a set and forget type thing. Uh, just yeah, you know, it's not completely forget. Don't just set it in there and walk away. Like you still have to allow regular airflow. You need to open up your humidor probably at least once a week. You need to maintain get some fresh air. Yeah, get some yeah. fresh air. You got to make sure that you're keeping an eye on your high, high grometer, not agrometer, high grometer tells you what the <laughs> humidity is in your, in your humidor. You got to keep an eye on that stuff. Make sure it's not getting too high or too low. Um, so switch, you, switch out your analog hygrometer to oh a digital hygrometer. Don't let's just put it this way. Don't ever use the, di- the analog hygrometer that comes mounted into your wooden humidor. Those things are shit. Correct. Just saying. Correct. Right. You can buy a nice <laughs> digital hygrometer that Bluetooths to your phone off of Amazon. Badass. Ovita Butler. Yeah. Or uh, I think I have like a Govi thing. Yeah. I bought yeah, it. It was, like, it was like a two pack for like 20 bucks. <laughs> Govi is good. Anyways. Um, um, you in your first turn yet? Oh, definitely there, sir. Definitely there. And this is actually a little different than what I normally smoke. So shout out to Q again. Um, I'm getting red pepper. I haven't Ooh. got red pepper in a cigar for quite some time. Yeah. It's red pepper with, I, you know, uh, what's that little spice stuff that they, they put on fruits and stuff? The Mexican people that put on fruits? I don't know what it's called. Either way, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like that because it's red peppery, but it's got a, a kind of fruity Hmm. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell this cigar has been aged. The flavors are very muted. Oh, as that's to, cool. As to what you know, I'm used to out of this cigar. Um, getting some hay, a little bit of chocolate. Uh, but like I said, this this cigar is. It's almost. I almost say it's just too long. It's almost too muted oh. to allow me to really get some good flavors out of it. Is that left over from your pack of season one? Maybe. It might yeah, be. Cause... I think it is. Well, hey, I mean, we are on season three. I'm not trying to <coughs> brag or anything, but <laughs> we then we're on our third season. Yeah. I think, it is. Same. I think that was my last one from season one. Well, there you go, folks. This has been aging for like two years. <laughs> a little bit too muted. 
you spoke spoken earlier, but it's, it's still good. It's still very good. Uh, still get some flavor out of it, just not as much as I'm used to. All right. All right. Where, where are we at? We on a don't? We're on a don't. All right. So don't, for you cigar guys out there, don't take your own cigars to a lounge. Can we put an asterisk by this one? We can. We can. The reason why we can is because some cigar lounges allow you to bring your own cigars. They're cool with it. And sometimes they have a cutting fee. Cutting fee can range anywhere from five to 25 bucks. I don't know. I've never had a cutting fee because I normally always buy a cigar from that lounge. Yeah. So, so the reason we say don't do this is because one, you're going into somebody else's basically house, right? Like their place of business to smoke cigars. It's only fair and proper that you go buy a cigar that they are selling. Now, I have done this where I've taken like, I'm like, I'm going to smoke three cigars. I only want, I, I know that they don't have these two cigars that I really want to smoke today, but I do know they have one of the cigars that I like. So I will buy one cigar from them and bring two others and not feel bad because I've, I have given them some business. Right. I mean, they, they have to keep their lights on. They have to pay for the cable package yeah. that you're watching, you know, overhead places have overhead yeah um yeah and you know if if you want to leave them you know buy some and if you really had one that you really want to smoke buy some there for later go to your car swap them out and you know nobody's going to take the bands off if you really feel you know people people are super strict about it nobody's going to tell the difference unless you bought like i don't know a lancero connecticut lancero and you bring in like a maduro T- Toro, <laughs> the Churchill, and like, ah, the same cigar just bought. And like, what? Did that last Earl just get fat <laughs> and dark? <laughs> All right. Um. So do, uh, do step outside of your comfort zone. Uh. So people know. Um. If you don't know, I started smoking Gurkhas when I first started. Um. For those of you who have never smoked a Gurkha. They are uh, very peppery. Um, they're, they're what can be considered a pepper bomb in some instances. Um, and I thought that's what it was, all cigars were like. I'm like, yeah, I'm a man. I'm smoking cigars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, this tastes like shit. But uh, I'm a man. <laughs> I had no idea, right? I, I, was, I was new. I was young. I had, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so that's where I got my start. So then, uh, you know. Fast forward a little bit. I started doing more research, started figuring out more things about, you know, I, I got online. I started reading cigar journals, uh, started, you know, watching uh, you know, vlogs and reading blogs and all that sort of stuff uh, to find out, hey, maybe I'd like something else. So then I went from Gurkha and I started out. I was like, you know what? I was like, these are too strong. Let me go when I just went and got it like a Camacho, Connecticut. And man, I paired that with a nice like caramel macchiato, and I was like, "This is <laughs> the shit. This is what I've been missing." Are you serious? I was like, "I've been smoking this bullshit ass Gurkha for how long, and I've been fucking missing out on these." So then I started going, "Well, what else is good?" And I started stepping outside my comfort zone. Started buying two. Oh, let me try this brand. Let me try this brand. You took me, and you talked. You know, you turned me on to Leaf by Oscar. You said, "Hey, try these." I was like, "All right, yeah, sure." 
you know, boom, I, I started talking to other people who like other things and, you know, started stepping out of my comfort zone. And now I've, I've amassed quite a large cigar uh, breadth of knowledge and, and taste profile that I could go from, you know, something as strong as like a Sin Compromiso and enjoy the crap out of it. And so, and I can also, I know what to look for and enjoy something as light as like a magic, Alec Bradley magic toast. Yeah. You know, it's like (laughs) creamy and cinnamony and you know, all these other things. So that's two opposite ends of the spectrum, but I wouldn't have ever gotten there if I hadn't stepped out of my comfort zone. Yeah. One thing I've, I've been doing for a very long time, uh, is a cigar journal. Uh, you kind of keep track of cigars you like cigars you don't like. Uh, cigars that you enjoy and you cut a certain way like maybe you, this one tastes better with a punch and that one tastes better with a yeah. v cut dv cut or whatever and how i keep my journal is i'm actually i got cigar bands i take the cigar bands and i keep them especially the ones that i like they go in a certain cigar journal and then the ones that are just okay they go in a certain cigar journal or ones that i don't care too much for they go in the back of like the cigar journal so i can be like every now and again i can take a trip through like a photo album trip through memory lane and be like oh yeah i remember that one oh i was oh i haven't had that one in a while and i really liked it oh and i see i used a v cut for it or a crown cut or something of that nature so a cigar journal can be helpful if you actually keep track of it even if you half ass a cigar journal it can be helpful in the long run oh yeah I wish I would have done a better job keeping my cigar journal. I, I, I'd be honest, I have not. Um, I will say, uh, beware of what I like to call box burnout. Um, I did this uh, really kind of early. Uh, I found a deal on some cigars, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to buy this box, and it comes with extra free cigars as part of a bundle deal." Da da da. I smoked that brand of cigars. For the next like eight months and i was <laughs> so tired of that brand of cigars and i i have not picked up another one of those brands yet to smoke i just i'm like nope i don't want to smoke it. it it just does not appeal to me in any way shape or form so if you buy a box great but beware of box burnout uh you know buy the box if you really like the cigar great buy the box uh, but temper it with a couple other cigars that you know you might like, and and keep trying new ones while you're at it. But another thing with the the box burnout, especially uh, starting off with cigars, a lot of times when you start off with cigars, you don't have a the humidor size to accommodate a plethora of cigars, right? So if you buy a box and your humidor size is a 20, 20 cigar humidor, and you bought a box of twenty cigars, then yeah, you're kind of going to be stuck with just that cigar. But as of now, like right now, you, you've grown up and you have a cooler door. Once you get it working, you have a cooler door. You can actually store that box in the cooler door. And then, you know, you pick one up every now and again. So it plays a difference with the size of humidors that you actually have to kind of help prevent that box of burnout. Right. And, and boxes are a great deal. You know, they usually give some sort of, you know, that's a bulk discount, right? Yeah. But, uh, but you know, and, and they're good deals. Just be cautious when you do that because you can get to the point where like I smoked so many whatever brand cigars. <laughs> I never want to see another whatever brand cigar in my life. And or maybe you love that one. You know, I've I've talked to a lot of old heads and they're like, I'm like, what's your cigar? You know, what's 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 
what's your brand? And they're like, I like Padron. I only smoke Padron or I smoke Liga Provada number seven. That's all I smoke or whatever. And I'm like, that's it? That's all you've ever smoked? Like, yeah. Why? I'm just curious. Missing out on a great (laughs) bunch of other number of cigars. There's nothing better, sir. There's nothing better. (laughs) What do you know with your hippity dippity? Um... (laughs) All right. Oh, this one. Oh, one of my one of my favorite don'ts. Don't put a cigar in your mouth and then use the community cutter. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> uh, this was especially prevalent. I mean, it was good before, but I mean, now you got like COVID. Everybody's like scared of COVID, even though it's trying to make a comeback, I guess. I, I don't know. But oh. I mean, I don't know where your mouth been. I don't know what kind of slobbery germs you got. And then, uh, you know, once you cut it, now you cut it with every slobbery person that put their mouth on a cigar beforehand. I, I, I try my best to always remember to take my cutter. I now have a punch on my keychain because I don't want to use community cutters ever again. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed, hundred hundred percent agree. Um, the only place that I'm like willing to like use a community cutter in, in a certain sense is if I go to a cigar lounge and they cut it for you. Yeah, and light it for you because they don't allow you to put it in your mouth before they cut it. Correct. They'll they'll they take it from <laughs> you know. Oh hey, I'd like to buy this cigar. They take it out of your hands. They go ring it up. They take it out of the package. They cut it. They're like, would you like me to cut it and light it? Sure, why not? They cut it and they're like, all right, you put it in your mouth. I'll light it for you. And then they light it up. And you're like, all right, you're good to go. And you go sit down and smoke your cigar and drink your drink and ha- you're happy. Good to go. <laughs> but certain other brick and mortars, they just have like a ring of all different types of cutters. Oh, I got a guillotine. I got a straight cut or a V cut. I got a punch. Da da da. And it's like, oh, there's so many options. And you see this one person that comes up and they just take their slobbery mouth and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus, did you just hack a lung up? No, I just love this cutter. I use it every time I'm here. Try it. I'm like, uh, no thanks. Nah, I'll, I'll just die. <laughs> see, I can. I tend, I tend to carry pocket knives, and I have not been yeah. above taking my pocket knife out and going, Bleep, and cut <laughs> and just cutting the end off like a straight guillotine. And people are like, why are you doing that? Why don't you just use a community cutter? Uh, no, yeah. fuck you, because you put your slobbery ass mouth on it. Because you're a nasty motherfucker. That's why. You're an asshole. <laughs> Uh, yes, commonly referred to as an asshole. You are absolutely correct in that, sir. <laughs> Fuck. Anyways, that's. Can you tell we don't like it? Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go back to a do. I like do's. Um, do it. Do socialize when visiting cigar lounges. Now I will be hundred percent honest. I <laughs> am not the greatest person is socializing with people i don't know i'm an awkward person right you'll never guess it but i'm very I, fucking awkward yeah but you, <laughs> you meet me in person I'm, I'm happy to talk with people who initiate the conversation you ask me to initiate the conversation it's gonna be like fucking peewee herman just <laughs> hi <laughs> like i'm not that great at it so uh you know uh, I know I was visiting you at one point in time in Vegas, and we went to uh, the Tobacco Leaf. Yeah, right. 
and yeah. and uh, <laughs> you, you started it, and thank God you started it because you went around and like dapped everybody up to say bye, and I follow. I just oh, follow suit, right? And you're like, hey, you're gonna walk out without saying bye to these people? And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck these guys are. And they're like, <laughs> you're like, you can't make me look bad, Austin. And I was like, why bad, dude? <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, uh, that was a good time, man. Because we walked back in, and it was almost like uh, everyone was like laughing and chopping it up. And then I walked in, but Dax, what's up, man? This whole thing. And then you walked in behind me, and it was like, who's that? Hey, Austin. I was like, hey, man, that's, that's my boy Austin. He's coming to visit or whatever. Kind of got a side eye. Someone cracked a joke. And then it was just on from there. We started talking football. I think football was on the TV. Yeah. Every, we was just having a, I think you got a job offer when we was there. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, <laughs> dude talking to me, asking what I did. And like, oh, I got, I got a job for you when you get out. Uh, when you, you know, if you want everyone to change, change jobs or whatever. And I'm like, all right, all right cool. You know, if you ever want to come out to Vegas, all right. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was a great time. Uh, usually, it just it took it took one joke, and they kind of like all I saw them all watching me when they made the joke to see if I would laugh to see like how comfortable I was with certain you know uh, jokes. And uh, once once everyone started laughing and I started cracking jokes back, it was it was it was on. It was great. Um, yeah. So you know, socialize. Don't don't sit there with your headphones and your laptop. That's in the coffee bar. You know, so it's, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm working on a screenplay. Like, yeah. Like, no, nah. you're there to socialize. The, the smoking is a social thing. You got to get out and get with people and say hi. You got to figure out what their life story is. You never know. You might go down and sit down, and a janitor could be sitting next to a lawyer, and they're sitting there bullshitting, and you would never know. One's a janitor, one's a lawyer. You'd never know in a, in a million years. Yeah, at the tobacco. I mean, it's one of the few places where you know you rub elbows with all walks of life, right? I don't. I don't know if you know this or not, but at the Tobacco Leaf, when we was there, there's one guy in there. He was a, like a high-profile dentist. Oh yeah. Like he doing implants and all. He like he was a, a legit like doctor, not like a bullshit dentist. He was like a legit like real dentist guy. And then of course we had the the UPS worker. Yep. And I think one guy was a, a security guard, and the other one I believe was trash. And uh, I want to say one of the guys that was kind of sitting off in a corner that was actually trying to watch TV. I think he's a lawyer. So there was all kinds of walks of life that was in there. Yeah. And then you got us two schmucks just yucking it up in there. <laughs> But we were all having a good time. Like no, those, that group of people would meet nowhere else in their life. There's nowhere, nowhere other than the cigar lounge. Yeah. So take take that, you know, use it to your benefit. Uh, who you might meet, who you might become friends with. Um, one thing you don't want to do, especially in that kind of situation where everybody's like laughing it up, whatever, you don't want to brag about what you smoke. Well, I slowly smoked. I've only smoked Cubans. Cubans. I'm very fancy. With your leaving the band on. With your band out and you're you're holding (laughs) barely with the band. Yeah, normally you can kind of pinpoint these people because normally they're talking louder just to draw the attention to what they're smoking. Yeah, Cuban cigars are the one for me. What did I tell you? The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. Motherfucker, I told you that. Talking loud and ain't saying shit. Yeah, all right. Love that movie. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These, these guys just, you know, oh, yeah, I only smoke Cohibas. Mm, yeah. 
Who gives a shit? You're all there. You're all smoking. You're all having a good time. It doesn't matter what the hell anyone else is smoking. You do you. You enjoy yourself. You sit there and you ask. Um, you know, and it's, it's have a good time. Have a good time with it. Talk with people. You, you never know what kind of conversation you come up with and you find, you know, you learn, you do whatever. You BS, you, you have fun. Takes your mind off the, the stresses of life. I think you should do the last don't before we go into the final do. Ooh, the last don't. All right. <clears throat> this this is kind of a rookie one. This <laughs> No, okay. I have seen veterans do this and it drives yeah. me nuts <laughs> and i don't i don't know why but it does it's just it's just a thing with me don't ask me it, it's a pet peeve so don't smoke through the cigar band unless <laughs> it is made for that reason right leaf right. by oscar mcao amazon basin uh to name a few that i know of like right off the top of my head they're made to smoke through that band that's okay they're made to do that. But if you take a Southern Draw, um, a, a Rocky Patel, uh, almost uh, any other Drew brand, State. really. Yeah, anything with like a paper band, don't smoke through the band. You just get nasty ass paper and dye and, and gloss and all that stuff in your, in your <laughs> flavors of your cigar, right? You're burning paper instead of getting this flavor of the actual smoke. Uh, I had a rook. Uh, rookie talked to me and he was like oh yeah, yeah. he's like you, I noticed you take the bands off why do you take the bands off aren't they made to just be smoked through and I was like <sighs> no they're not they're made to be taken off that is why they're held on with some like plant type glue that's easily like you can flick it off with your fingernail really quick that's what it's, it's made for I, it's made for that like take the fucking band off. You're you're ruining your cigar. Uh, I asked not, o- not only that, you're like breathing in burning paper. Like you wouldn't go into a house fire and just breathe in like a house being on fire. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. You're bur- you're breathing in burnt paper. Let me let me light a stack of printer paper on fire and over a barrel, and you just stand there and inhale it and see how it feels. You wouldn't do that. No, no one would do it. Well, no. no one in their right mind would do that. Well, uh, there you go. But so. Yeah, just take just take the band off. Take the band off. That's uh, it. It drives me nuts. Now I'm unintentionally not paying attention, right? I have smoked through the band, and every time I do, I'm like, ow, fuck. Yeah, but I've 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 been knee deep in some Hennessy, and I've I've done it before. Yeah, right. We've all we've all done it by mistake. Um, but I've noticed a flavor change every time I've done it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, that's why it tastes like ass. All right, cool. Wait, what the fuck? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, sometimes you just, you, you're in the moment. So I, I get it. I get it. But or you don't drunk. do it on purpose. <laughs> don't do it on purpose. Like no, don't, take the band, <laughs> don't take the band. I said knee deep. Don't take the band <laughs> off too early. If you take it off too early, you can also damage the cigar. So there, there's a find a little art to it you'll figure it out it's kind of like finding a clutch in a car you'll figure it out or or double dutch trying to find trying to find how to get in with double dutch <laughs> if you don't know what double dutch is go google it <laughs> you're a gen wire <laughs> <laughs> you're too young you're gen alpha <laughs> you shouldn't be listening to this podcast <laughs> exactly. just saying exactly you're not of age <laughs> <sighs> my god uh, by the way dice 
You need yeah. e- you need deep, and and Hennessy is is just a puddle. Oh, was that a short joke? It, it was. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. I need that in my life. I keep you humble and close to the ground. <laughs> well, closer <laughs> to the ground. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we at? Tobacco leaf over here? What the fuck? Uh, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Our final do. Do do do. Do 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 do. You. You do want to enjoy cigars your way. What? Don't don't let someone else try to tell you how you should do, how you should do whatever. I mean, if you want to smoke through the van, if that's the way you want to enjoy your cigar, you can do that. It's probably not the best idea, but enjoy the cigars your way. <laughs> There's a story that I know you, you know about, you shared, where Arnold... Was smoking a cigar, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the the oh, yeah, king yeah. of cigar yeah. smoking. Yes, what, yes. Uh, the waiter what took the cigar from him out of his mouth, out of his mouth, out of his mouth, and Bold he like ru- <laughs> like Arnold, you hey Terminator, you're doing this fucking wrong. Then he Mitch. like swapped <laughs> swapped it down with tequila, right? Yeah. The whole cigar down with tequila. Like rolled it in some tequila, painted it with like a cigar, yeah. a cedar spill. With, uh, yeah, yeah. And now supposedly Arnold, that's the only way he smokes his cigars now. Right. And 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 I have heard other cigar people people in the cigar industry badmouth and bash that shit. How dare he? I can't believe he would do such a thing. It adds nothing to the cigar. Blah blah blah. Fuck that. Does it really hurt the cigar? No. Does it add anything to the cigar? Yeah, who knows? There's people who dunk their the tip of their the I say the tip, the end of their cigar, like where they put their mouth, uh, in some whatever they're drinking, and put that in their mouth because they want to get the drink and the smoke at the same time. You do it however you want to do. Um, you know, if you want to dip the cigars, fuck, fine, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Are you hurting anybody? No. Nope. Are you? You know, uh, cigar purist. They're gonna probably badmouth you and bash you. I can't believe you all. Do blah, 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 blah. Eh, fuck them. Who cares? Yeah. Shit. There's not a wrong way to enjoy them unless you're lining up the wrong end. Yeah, I mean, of course, you put the lid in your mouth is probably not pleasant. Well, or if you but... just if you cut you cut the you light the the wrong end like the end you're supposed to cut like with the cap and then you put the foot yeah. in your mouth and. I'd laugh at you. I'd be a fucking loser. Oh, wait, that's been shared on social media by football player. Uh, was that college team? Was it? That was uh, a college Auburn? team. I don't know which college. It was either Auburn, Auburn or LSU. LSU. Either way, it doesn't matter. They were it stupid. Was, it was funny. Anyways, that's how they like it. Great. That's how they like it. Hey, there's really no wrong way to smoke a cigar. Eh, maybe there's a few, but if that's the way you enjoy it, fuck it. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> Who's gonna say anything? Uh, are you in your second, third? You wanna you wanna wait till after we come back, and then we'll jump into some some leadership topics. Um, you know what? How close are you? Are you there? We can we can do it now. Fuck it. My my red pepper has subsided. It's still a tinge of it there. The fruit has picked up, and it is going into a leathery profile. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So we're 
Nice. So I'm getting more flavors out of this now. Now that I've gotten away from the foot. Um, I get a, a slight cedar and hay uh, notes. There's a, a creaminess to it on the back end, the very, very back end. It's very good, though. That's interesting of how long it's been uh, resting. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Figure it out. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our leadership topic, which we didn't even discuss before we jumped into the do's and don'ts. <laughs> so anybody that has listened to episode one, season one, they'll know it. They'll know it. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with uh, more Leadership of the Leaf. I'm curious to what cigars my favorite podcast will be smoking for the next episode. Well, if you're that curious, just go to Leadership of the Leaf's Instagram page, at Leadership of the Leaf, all one word. They post pictures of which cigar they're smoking before the next episode. That's great. Not only will I know what cigar they're smoking, I can see a picture of it to ensure I get the exact same one. Yeah, I usually leave a comment to let them know if I agree with their thoughts about a cigar or not. Next time, I'm going to leave a comment on their Instagram page. It'd be like I'm part of their podcast or something. Check me out, guys, on um, on Instagram at Flavor King uh, with two G's on there. And it's been a pleasure listening to Leadership of the Leaf here with Dyson Austin. All right, welcome back to Leadership of the Leaf. After that break, we just had a break. That's 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 how that works, right? Now we're going to yeah. talk about some leadership. Usually, mm-hmm. that's how the flow of this show goes. I don't know if you're yeah. new to this or not. I am new. I mean, we're re- recreating episode one, so I got to make it sound right, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole the full first part before we even jumped in the do's and don'ts was believable. This first episode, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our leadership portion, sir, we are going to walk the walk and talk the talk. What? What the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, this this topic came up. Uh, one of the reasons why we started the whole podcast, we was talking about this. We was talking about how we have leaders or we have supervisors or managers or whoever. We have someone above us that uh, they don't even know their job. They don't know your job. And they try to be a leader and lead you to something that they have no clue about. They're stupid advisors. Ah, I like that. So basically, if you become a leader, when you do become a leader, you want to make sure you know how to walk the walk and talk the talk. Learn your job. Learn their job. Learn the person above you's job. Learn the person below you's job. Like, learn as much as you can. Um, if you're new to a task, but it's the same job with, a, a different name, then you should, uh, integrate yourself to have a better understanding of what every aspect of that job entails. Don't just go out there and, uh, you know, kick buckets over and be like, I'm the man in charge now. Yeah. You definitely don't want to come in with like an iron fist or anything. Even if you do know the job. Uh, as a leader and you, let's say you do know it and you're like hey I've already d- been down this road um, 
you're, you're going to have to kind of show that you know it because the people, if you're like a new leader, um, you have to show the people that you actually know what the fuck you're talking about. Just because you come in and you say, hey, this is my background, uh, does not mean that you are actually good at whatever you say your background is. Like, you know, if you're like, ah, yeah, I used to produce all these widgets back in my day and, you know, I had to work my way up and I, I went away for a little bit and I come back and now, you know, now I'm the supervisor of the people making widgets. So I know how to make widgets. All the new people who don't know you are going to go, do you really know how to make widgets? Like you're full of shit. Yeah, I think, you, I think you're full of shit. Um, make sure that you can either show it or if you don't know it, literally sit there and say, hey, I don't know this. Can somebody teach me and le- let me learn the ins and outs of the of the shop or the job or the process or whatever instead of just walking in and kicking over buckets, you know, like Dice said. You don't want to just come over and kick it, kick something over and be like, kick trash can and be like, I'm the fucking boss and I this is how we're going to do it from here on out. Now, figure out what the process is. See if you can identify any inefficiencies with it instead of just changing it for changing sake. Like a lot of people, I see a lot of leaders... They come in and they just look at it and they go, yeah, this is inefficient. We're going to change it. I'm like, could you put a name to those inefficiencies? Could you point them out to us? So maybe we can <laughs> learn, you know, what's, what do you yeah. see that I don't see? And they're just, no, 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 no. it's just inefficient. We're going to change it. That is a much better way. Uh, okay, fine. That may be the case. But if unless you can literally sit there and point to these inefficiencies, I don't tend, workers are not going to tend to believe you. Yeah, I, I equated this to when I got switched to a new job. The job I originally had, we worked on, let's call it a capital widget. And then when I got switched to a different location for a job, uh, there was many different facets to make that capital widget. So it was widget A, B, C, and D. That's, that's like five different areas. I didn't go in knowing all. I went in, I went into section A, figured out what they did there, actually joined the club, built a few, went to you know section b section c section d i did everything that they did so i can have a clear understanding of how to make the capital widget at the end if if i went in like i've, I've already done this guys i've been doing this for over uh 10 years now so uh listen to me i'm pretty sure i would have not got the same response as i did as uh actually literally jumping in the trenches with everyone learning what each section does before i even spoke on any kind of changes before I spoke on any kind of process or anything. I actually learned each and every single section's process before. And I mean, it took me some time. Uh, there was some growing pains and I actually learned a lot. And uh, I actually gained the respect of quite a few people during that process to where now the people will listen to me and uh, my leadership went that much further with the respect level that I earned. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a, benefit to having a clear understanding how the widget is made instead of just sitting back and armchair quarterbacking right yeah if you're just sitting in your office and and they tell you hey here this is the process boom 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 okay great that was a sales pitch that they just gave you to keep you out of their hair because nobody wants to change right we've talked about it before (laughs) i'm just being honest so yeah. if you go in there and you're like, all right, that makes sense. Let's keep doing it. Then the workers are going to be like, yeah, that's great. But you're going to have some disgruntled people going, man, I really thought he was going to come in, change some things, make it better, blah, blah, blah. It, so, it, you know, if, but if you go out there and you walk the floor, you walk the process and you go, all right, I want to see how, 
I want to see how it's made. I want to see how this widget's made. Like I said, I want to go see A, B, C, D, whatever. You can actually learn like, wait, okay. It gets them from A to C and then back to B for a little bit and then to D and then back to B to get finished up. What the fuck are we doing here? Why does it not just flow logically? Let's, I want to figure this out. But if they're, right. if, you know, if they come in and just tell you about it, they're going to give you a PowerPoint presentation. Go, All right, sir. All right. So here's, we're going to go to process A, then we'll go to process B, then we go to process C, and then we go to process D, and then it, f- it ships out to the customer. And you're like, fuck, fucking great. That makes so much sense. But in reality, it goes as, through this convoluted fucking path. And you're like, why? Wait, why can't we? <laughs> Hold on. That That's not what I was told in my office. But you got to get out from behind your desk or, or you know, or wherever and go look at it. Go sit. Hey, walk me through this. Pick somebody at random. It doesn't mean matter. You, new guy, walk me through this process. The new guy's going to be like, oh, this is how the process is, how I understand it. They're not going to lie because they don't know well enough. I like to make the new person teach me. You, teach me how this is made. Uh, But I've only been here for like a month. Great. Tell me how this is made. What is the process here? During the the process of learning that, I mean, I I don't know how I can tell like young up-and-comers, old school leaders, whoever, it's... It's better to have the respect of majority of the worker bees, right? Because they're the ones that's, that's going to look up to you from the beginning. And once you have the respect of the worker bees, then the upper management is going to see that for some reason, you're like the Pied Piper of all the worker bees. What the fuck is going on? So naturally, they're only going to have the respect for you in return because you get results. Why do you get results? Because you was in the trenches with the worker bees. The worker bees now know that you understand what they go through from day to day. They understand you understand where the rubber meets the road, whereas the armchair quarterbacks that are sitting in their ivory towers just know what is seen on paper. Right. Now, I mean, it weighs a ton to know more of the process than to know the numbers on paper. Yeah. Well, so I was reading a story, um, and there was a... uh, there's an advisor, let's say it's called an advisor. There's an advisor brought into a company to evaluate what the, how the, identify the inefficiencies of the process, right? Yeah. This person, uh, there's a person who had realized that, you know, their job could be basically done by setting up a lot of programs that ran in the background, right? Email forwarding, a bunch of macros, stuff like that. So they set it all up and uh, this advisor basically said, hey, your job is absolutely useless. There's no reason for you to be here. <laughs> and I said, look, hey, I, I, you know, I do a lot around here. Like I keep this thing running smooth. You don't want to fire me. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to fire you. And uh, so that person went in and said, all right, fine. They're firing me. They deleted all of their preset programs because that's that was their job right they they had that set up so they deleted it all turned in all their computers and all their stuff then left and uh once they did that the whole company went to shit everything (laughs) fell apart nobody knew how to talk to anybody because everything was automated at a certain point like right and then they started asking the advisor like what why what happened they're like i don't know it used to do this and they're like oh yeah that was that person's job that you fired to to forward this or whatever to pass this along like well they didn't do it 
yeah, they, they did do it, but you fired them. Well, <laughs> so they tried to split it all up and then realized that it didn't work. So they had to bring that person back. And there was a whole big performance. The advisor ended up getting fired. But, you know, it's because the advisor was just sitting in on meetings and just kind of taking notes and all this other stuff and not really actually learning the process of how things were made and what each individual person did. They ended up just trying to fire them and it ended up backfiring on that advisor because they didn't take the time to actually learn everything that was supposed to be done. They didn't learn to walk the walk and talk the talk, so to speak. Right, they were just looking at documentation and paperwork. Mm -hmm. uh, often says uh, small things are often looked over. So if you actually get down to the nitty gritty of things, you actually can see a lot of like your your guy you was referring to, he, the small things that kind of add up. Now, often says you take care of the small things, the big things don't really matter because all the small things uh, make the big things happen. Right. Um, so with that guy, he was taking care of a lot of the small things. Yeah. And once you removed him, all the small things kind of went to the wayside and on all the big things became a problem over time. So... If you're if you're a leadership person and you're learning to walk the walk and talk the talk, pay attention to not just the big things but the small things. Actually, I would pay more attention to the small things. Like, why did you take A to B? Why did you take A to B to C? Why not just go straight A to C? Oh, because you need B to do this. B is a small thing, so you was just trying to skip over. Right. So, yeah, pay attention to the small things. Yeah, yeah. There's. <clears throat> You know, reading, I've, I've, I don't know how many, how many articles and books that I've read and they're like a lot of the highly effective people and the, the bot, the companies that, uh, have bosses that are, are successful. They go, you know, they sweat the small stuff, these, these highly effective CEOs or, or whatever, C, C level executive, they, so they sweat the small stuff because they know that the small stuff is what is going to land them in jail. What is going to land their company in hot water with their investors or their board or whatever. And so they know that the small details matter. Oh, wait, you said that widget A could perform in four seconds. It's taking five seconds. Why the fuck did you tell me four? Well, it's 4.8. No, that fucking matters. That 0.8 seconds matters. That Correct. is That adds up over time, which means that we're like in the grand scheme of this whole project, that means that we're gonna take however much longer because you said it was gonna take four seconds and that's what I planned on, when in reality you meant 4.8, which is really five seconds. If you had told me five seconds, we haven't had a problem, but you said four seconds. That, you know, that adds up. So all that sort of stuff, like you said, adds up. The small things will take care of the big things, but you gotta sweat the small stuff sometimes. You not micromanage. Right. But you got to make sure that those details are done correctly because that will come is what's going to come back to bite you in the rear end if you don't take care of it the first time. Yeah. Which, in hindsight, like, I, I want to go back to uh, walking and walking, talking to talk. Uh, There's times where I was uh, sent, sent off to a business meeting or whatever, right? And the boss, there's like two or three bosses, and I was like, I want this whole room swept out, right? everything clean from head to toe this whole room and there's like three or four worker bees and they're doing their damage to clean this room and all the management is sitting over there watching everyone clean this room 
when I got there, I went out there and I picked up a broom and I started sweeping and everything too. And it was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm not incapable of sweeping. I mean, these guys are sweeping. Soon we get done, the better off everybody is. There's like three extra brooms in the closet. Yeah, better off we're all going to be. And none of management followed suit. It was just me and the worker bees doing the doing the task. And of course, how, how do you think all the worker bees look at me now? Right? Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, he's one of us. He's, he's good yeah. shit. And then how you think they looked at management that just stood there sipping their coffee and just talking shit about how what we were doing. So not only did I, I came in, I, I walked the walk and now I'm able to talk to talk because I was right there with the people and now I can talk shit pretty much to management that was there just watching. I'm like, oh, you could have got that done faster. I could have got it done a lot faster if you motherfuckers picked up a broom too or whatever, right? So it's again it goes back to that whole leadership scale of where you want to be at walking and walking talking to talk you're right there with them to do the walk to walk and talk to talk whereas management now doesn't really understand they don't know what it went through to get that room clean they don't know what it went through to make the place better they don't know that all they saw was what was going on they don't know the intricacies of it yeah intricacies yeah. there you go uh yeah i mean it it's definitely one of those things uh, I, I know in the past uh, when I worked for you, uh, we used to have competitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Because, and, and, and it wasn't because I didn't think that you could do it, but it's just one of those things like I wanted to test myself. But I know I talked to several people. Uh, there was people who challenged me. They saw me challenge you and I lost because you knew how to do the job better than I did. And so they assumed, like, well... If Austin can't do as well as Dice, and obviously I could do, and I know I could do as well as Dice, then I'm gonna beat Austin. And I was like, all right, well, step up, challenge me, then humble me, bring yeah. me, bring me down to your level, then. I'm I happy. win. You buy me lunch. If I lose, I buy all of you lunch. Exactly. That's all it was. Simple, a simple thing. And and we, it was producing widgets. And I remember I was I was we were going task for task and i was like right behind you but you you got it done better than me you're you won hands down i bought you lunch it was fine no big deal uh when those people tried to challenge me they're like oh we could beat you if you can't even beat dice who doesn't turn doesn't do the produce widgets anymore he doesn't he doesn't turn a wrench to produce widgets or whatever i could beat <laughs> you i'm like all right let's let's step up i will happily buy all of you motherfuckers lunch if he beats me Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I mopped the floor with that dude. <laughs> I was done. Uh, I like I had I had widgets, the whole widget produced in a day, and he was not even like halfway done at the end. I was like, "You, what? What happened? You said you could beat me. What happened?" Uh, well, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's you're better than I thought. Yeah, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know how to how to do this. Tell you that. If I can beat you by this much, and I was neck and neck with dice, that should tell you <laughs> that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Then dice knows what the fuck he talks about. So don't yeah. don't come at us for not knowing what the hell we talk about because we obviously can do what we need to do. But I've had people, I've had leaders come out and they're like, "Well, I could do that." I'm like, "All right, come on," and I'm off the floor with them, or you mop the floor with, and, and it's like. So, do I know what the fuck I'm talking about, or do you not? You know, <laughs> it, it definitely humbles that manager because if you have no idea what the fuck the process is, you're gonna be lost in a heartbeat. 
what happens in no type scenarios because i i love doing that i i often went on the uh the the work floor and mess with people like that and well i i could do that better oh sure what the fuck ever and then you know proofs in the pudding right um it's one of them where you don't want to forget where you came from yeah you don't want to forget when day one when i first entered a job like uh yeah hey go wash dishes uh okay now 10 years later i'm not a dishwasher anymore but I bet you I can wash dishes better than you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I bet but, you I yeah. can get the whole dishes done before you can. I've never seen you wash a dish a day in my life. Whatever. Okay, let's do this. Yeah. We got we got two dishwashers. We got equal pile of dishes. One, two, three, go, that, motherfucker. And by the by the time I'm done, I'm helping you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll I'll help you out. Don't worry. I'll I'll bring your dishes over to me because I'm bored. <laughs> yeah i'm done I'm waiting there's there's a huge a huge thing and and i've seen this in every industry that i've ever been in it's a tendency to either forget where you came from or you got hired into a management position so you have no idea what yeah the workers go through so because you didn't have to work your way up right so yeah. if, if you're a manager that had to work your way up don't forget about the people that replaced you don't forget what they have to go through. Don't forget and sit there and be like, well, I I know when I did this, I never complained because of X, Y, and Z. No, that's, uh, fuck that. We're not, we're not here to do that. We're here to sit there and try to make their lives better. If that means investing in new technology or, or you know, training them better, then, then that is what needs to happen. When you said someone is like appointed to a certain position or whatever, it makes me think of, uh, I don't know if I shared this story or not. Uh, it's called chauffeur knowledge. Have you ever heard of chauffeur knowledge? Uh, no. Uh, I would gladly share. Please I'll try do. to do it pretty briefly here, but it's a pretty simple story. So there's a, a professor, world-renowned professor of whatever industry, let's say whatever, right? World-renowned. And he has a chauffeur driver that drives him to all his uh, projects that he has to speak on and speeches and this whole thing. And then one time the the professor was like you know what i've been giving these speeches for so long i'm kind of burned out a little bit and the chauffeur was like hey boss i've been to every single one of your shows i know exactly how to do this let me give the speech this time and you can relax and the professor was like that's a brilliant idea so the chauffeur goes up like he's the professor he's not he's the chauffeur and he gives the speech flawlessly like ah then someone from the crowd was like well sir what about this did you ever think of this and the chauffeur was like, oh, I can't believe you would ask such a simple question. It's so easy. My chauffeur can answer it. And now the <laughs> professor's pretending to be the chauffeur, right? So the professor, being the chauffeur, answers the question. And then none the wiser, everyone still thinks the chauffeur is the professor. So sometimes when people are appointed to certain positions, all they have is chauffeur knowledge. They heard Austin talk about it. They heard Dice talk about it. They heard people talk about it to, to the cows come home. And now they use that chauffeur knowledge to get appointed to certain positions. But when it comes down to the brass tacks, they don't know the answers. Right. Chauffeur knowledge. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it it uh, it reminds me, I, you know, I, I recently stepped into a, a new position um uh taking care of certain things um and uh you know i was asking i was asking the people around me i was like who i i know i know the person who who did this before me um how do you felt 
that they did in this in this job. And they go, oh, they were a good guy, but they were very reactive to things. But ah. he ta- he talked a big game, and I was like, okay, but he's very reactive. So I was like, so that means he wasn't proactive. So and I was like, so how do you feel as though I'm doing? They're like, you are miles ahead because you're very proactive. And I don't. And, they, and they've asked me. They're like, I don't know what the difference is between you and him, but it's it's a, makes a world of difference between proactive and reactive. And I said, I could tell you what the difference is because I believe that I know. And I was like, let, I said, by all means, I don't know that person's history, but tell me if I'm wrong because you know their history. I said, uh, have they ever worked this job? No. Have they ever worked this job? No. Have they ever worked this job? No. Okay. I've worked all those jobs. So I know exactly what the per- people in these sections need, which means that I know what problems are going to come up before they show up. So I get ahead of them because I know that they're going to be a problem down the road. All right. Oh, that makes so much more sense. It's the difference between me being a working my way up to that, that level versus that person just who is before me, just being appointed to that level. Makes a world of difference, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to walk behind the counter at Starbucks and start making lattes. That's, no, I drink the shit out of them. I know the concept. I know how to. I know how it's made. Yeah, I've seen it being made but, uh, a bunch of times. Yeah, and they're delicious. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to put on a green apron and like, hey, all right, I'm starting today, guys. Right. Yeah, I, I know how these are made. I, I got it. I, I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like so, you know, bringing up YouTube, right? And. and and VR is, is now a thing, you know, there's, there's training via VR. Um, and I, and I am a proponent of that. Um, but I, I look at it as more of an augmentation of knowledge, not a replacement of knowledge and training. Hey, this is a great thing to, to see the concept of how to do this. Doing it in VR is one thing. Everything is programmed to work perfectly. You don't, you know, you're not actually there physically doing, you know, producing the widget, but you know, you get the concept of how it's produced. Now I take that same person who's only had VR knowledge and I say, all right, go out there and do it. They're going to go, all right, well, the VR, I'm supposed to do this and it pops right off. It's not popping off. What do I do? I don't know. You tell me, homie, you're the one who said you did the training. Let's go. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Like, like doing a VR oil change, right? <laughs> there's, there's, there's a difference between pulling it on VR and the oil coming out as they're doing it in real life and you pull the plug and oil is coming out. You're like, oh, I got oil everywhere. But why is it hot? The, yeah, it doesn't happen on VR. It, it did. It's just you didn't have the touchy and feely. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you on that, sir. Yeah. Uh, there's something else I want to know if you agree with me on oh oh what's your final third though are you motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) the red pepper is sliding back in and it's 100 mixing with the the leather and uh the fruit is uh very subtle in there because i can get some kind of sweet maybe it's the sweetness of the tobacco but either way the red is coming back with the leather and it's actually a pretty uh amazing mixture interesting blend 
Let's go That's, Glenn. Let's go Glenn. I like Glenn. Um, this one, the, the cedar has left the building. Uh, it is now a chocolatey hay barnyard type uh, blend, and it's very good. Uh, it's definitely, like I said, it's more muted because I'm not getting as much pepper on the back end as I normally would. Uh, so I'm getting more of that chocolatey barnyard type flavor, and it's really, really good. It's mellowed it out quite a bit. Uh, this aging for a couple of years, um, so it definitely has uh, has I would say. Like I said, mellowed out, but kind of enhanced certain flavors. Let me ask you this question then, Dice. Uh, is that cigar single, five-pack, or box-worthy? It's time to answer the question. Is the cigar box worthy, five-pack, or just one or two? All right. Well, this cigar was given to me by... Shout out to my boy Q. Ooh-hoo. Shout out again. All right. Appreciate you. Um... You should be listening. Uh, right now, I will say this cigar is 100% for me, five-pack. Five-pack worthy. So not box-worthy. Just just five-pack because it has red pepper. I'm not a huge pepper. and I'm definitely not a huge red pepper fan, but it's nice that it's red pepper. And if I had like a five-pack of my humidor, I can... You know what? Today, I feel a little different. Let's go with some red pepper. Now, I know I can pick this one up and it'll fulfill that need. I don't think it's one or two because I actually enjoyed it. It was actually a really good cigar. Um, Boxworthy, I don't think it's quite there for me, Boxworthy. I don't I don't see me like enjoying like, oh, I can't wait to get it. I can't wait till I get another one of those red pepper cigars. I, I'm, I'm not there with this one, but it's definitely it's great to have in a humidor five pack. So do you think, <clears throat> do you think it would have been different if you would have paired it with like Hennessy? What am I, what and I, the reason the, so the reason I ask and I know you yeah. drink Hennessy mostly but the reason I ask is Hennessy is a more floral type mm. drink right so do you think that would have brought out more of the uh, the fruit notes and maybe muted that red pepper a little bit you may be onto something there especially if I, I was to get a, a lighter more like maybe a VS or even a Hennessy white with it it probably will pull out more of the fruity notes but the red pepper was pretty strong okay yeah that's a good question though so now i have to find this cigar and try it with hennessy well damn the luck i guess (laughs) if i have to oh man (laughs) all right uh this cigar for me southern draw jacob's bladder uh by far we've smoked this together before we have enjoyed enjoy the crap out of this cigar um honestly i would say probably a box for this one uh, for me um it's it's a solid chocolatey it has a little bit of pepper on the back end type note like black pepper uh it's got a chocolatey barnyard it's got a little bit of cedar it's very complex um it, it definitely tastes uh you know aging for a year a couple years and the flavors are still there uh, for the most part is very impressive to me. Um, but it's just one of those ones where you could go and you're like, I I want a chocolatey barnyard that morphs into cedar and then back and all this up. You know, I want to, I want a complex full flavored cigar. That's not just going to punch me in the mouth. That, this is the cigar, you know, um, I would, I would have to say probably box worthy at a minimum five pack, but that I would say box worthy for me. All right. 
no arguments there. I remember that cigar. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so we got to talk about the do's and the don'ts, revisit a little bit of episode one. Uh, the 300 hands that touched these cigars. I had to make them to, so we can enjoy them today. Uh, and then we got to talk about uh, walking the walk, talking the talk, you know, uh, a new leader or taking over a new position or anything like that. Um, yeah, this has been a, a wonderful revisit of this episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, well-deserved, well well-needed. Yes. Uh, especially our audio quality from that episode to this one <laughs> is uh, is very different. Uh, we're more in tune with each other's uh, podcasting here. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the revisit of this episode. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, um, until next time, I'm Austin. And I'm Dice. And remember, great leaders smoke great cigars. Bet. Thank you for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. The comments and opinions expressed by the host and guests does not reflect the opinions of those that broadcast this show, nor does it reflect any of our affiliates.